0: Welcome to the podcast of RUF at Boston University. Cool. Hi. It's me, not Nathan. (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that you guys are all here. Um, It's, yeah, it's great to see you in this crazy end of the semester time that you've chosen to spend your time with us. So I'm really grateful for you, for each of you choosing to do that, let me pray, and then we will get into this interesting text that Robert just read. Lord God, thank you for being with us right now. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us each other, and I pray that you would make what I say tonight good and true, and if there's anything that's not good and true, people would just forget that part. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anything better than a, than a really good party? I this is a rhetorical question. <laughs> um, because there's probably some introverts in the room that are like, yes, many things. And they mostly involve me just sitting at home in my room. Um, but hear me out. Um, have you guys ever been to a wedding? Maybe like one where you know a lot of people, like a bunch of friends or a bunch of family you're really close to? Um, what's the reception like? The reception... The, of the ones I've been to. There's always really good food, lots of, you know, friends that you're catching up with. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people um, just dancing the night away, right? And you're all just celebrating because, um, all because just two people have made the decision to, you know, entrust their lives to each other for the rest of their lives in covenant. And everybody is psyched for them. And the whole night just revolves around that couple, right? But it also revolves around the community that's celebrating them. Everyone is just filled up with good food, good drink, and joy at being together. I don't know if you've ever been to a party like that, but it's pretty great. And this is kind of similar to what we see in our passage today. Only in this party, um, this eternal wedding feast, it's free from all of those things that makes parties for some of us just like the worst. Like social anxiety, for example, or comparing yourself to others, like, oh, I'm wearing the same thing as that person, like, I feel terrible, or just, like, eating too much food that you're getting so full um, and bloated, <laughs> like at our Easter dinner. <laughs> uh, all those things and more are free. This, this wedding feast is, is just pure joy, right? It's just fullness and peace and celebration. So tonight, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about the connection between rest and celebration. Um, and if Nathan is a self identified workaholic, he said that a few weeks ago. I'm not just throwing that on him. Um, I might be tempted to call myself a restaholic. I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but I love rest. Is there anyone else out there who's like, relates to that? Jimmy, I know. Yeah. Um, I, I often think about like, what I'm gonna do in my free time while I'm working. Um, I love to sleep in. And to just have a lot of free time and just rest. Um, But here's the thing. I haven't figured out rest, that perfect balance that we're all looking for, because I tend to misuse rest and over-rest. And that just falls in line with exactly what we always do as humans, right? We have a good gift from God, and then we kind of twist it um, or misuse it. And so the same is true of rest. We talked about how that was true of work. Um, It's true of rest and celebration. You know what I mean. The seven hours, maybe, of Netflix or HBO or TikTok that you maybe watched this past weekend. Um, it was you know, supposed to be restful, supposed to be the, the time that you spent just filling up, um, but it just kind of made you more tired and more discontent than when you started. Um, or maybe it's like the parties that you went to this weekend, which were supposed to be your social battery you know, refill and help you forget about finals, but they only resulted in you feeling like more anxious and stressed out, um, and being physically and socially exhausted going into the week. So maybe you overrest, but maybe you're the kind of person who never can seem to take the time to rest. Um, you can't enjoy the work that you've put in. You can't stop or kind of take a breath from the worries and anxieties you have about your work. Um, Maybe you don't feel like you can ever really celebrate or rest because you feel guilty, you're not working. Um, You feel the constant pressure of this competitive environment at BU, like um, pushing you to the next due date or the next application or the next extracurricular to pad your resume, um, keeping up with everyone else. So tonight, whether you fall in that camp or the other, um, just want you to take a deep breath (laughs) and let's consider what it means that God has given us celebration as a form of rest. So you may be wondering, why am I connecting rest and celebration? Maybe that doesn't like compute for you. Um, and the short answer is, we're going to unpack that, but the short answer is that that's what we see in all of scripture. God is celebrating God. Um, he is the great host. He made us in his image. And that means we need joy to thrive. We need community to flourish. And we need to rest from our labors in order to fully enjoy the world that he's made for us. And think about it. I mean, Jesus' first miracle that we know of in the Gospels is um, turning water into, like, really good wine so that his friend's party could just keep going, right? <laughs> celebration matters. If Jesus did it, so can we. That's, that's it. I'm done. Just kidding. <laughs> um, we can find deep rest in celebration, and Christians should be celebrating people because we serve as celebrating God. So... Last few weeks we talked about spiritual rest um, a few weeks ago, I guess, and how we can find rest from justifying ourselves in Jesus' rest or work for us. Um, and Nathan helped us think about what does that look like in our everyday lives and um, especially with you know worship and prayer and reading our Bibles. Um, and then last time we kind of got into small groups and talked a little bit about what it meant, what it means to rest in community. Um, and so I'm going to try and take some of those thoughts um, as we consider rest and kind of wrap, wrap that up. Um, and then we'll get to some practical ways, hopefully, that we can embrace rest. So this passage, um, do you wanna, actually want to go back to it? That way I'm going to keep referring it. Yeah. Uh, this passage shows God is the great host, throwing the best party of all time. And that future hope lets us relax into Jesus and enjoy his rest that he's given us today. So I have four aspects of rest. I'll try to keep it moving, not keep you guys here all night. Um, Celebration invited, or sorry, four aspects of celebratory rest. Yes, Celebration invited, celebration shared, celebration enjoyed, and celebration coming. So first, God invites us into celebration. So here's a little background. Uh, We're in the last book of the Bible, Revelation. And that means like unveiling or revealing. And the author of Revelation, John, describes this book as a prophecy. So that means that God gave him a special message, um, maybe think of it like a promise, about Jesus and about the future um, of the world, about God's people, which was intended to provide hope and courage for the original people reading this in the first century. And it does that for us today, too. And so the first section we read comes towards, or the section we read, comes towards the end of this book. Um, There's a lot of... Poetic imagery, things that we, um, i not going to get into everything in Revelation, like what's literal, what's not. But um, in here we see John's visions um, from God showing Jesus as, um, he's symbolized as like a, a lamb who was slain, but he's alive, right? And he's defeating sin and death. Um, that comes a little bit after this section. And so we have this beautiful picture of God's people finally free from all of that with their king and God, without any pain or sin or death, for good. Like, it's done. And so that's a trajectory that all of history is headed. And here in our passage, we see a picture of what eternity is going to look like. And it's a party. Is that surprising to you guys? It was kind of surprising to me when I was looking at this. It's a a wedding feast, right? And so using this wedding supper imagery, scripture scripture wants us to understand the best is yet to come. It's intended to give us hope, knowing that all of history is headed towards the greatest celebration of love ever. Just as the ceremony and the party of a wedding is intended to celebrate the love of the newlyweds, we're invited to think of heaven as eternally participating in God's joy as his people. So it's not just going to be a church service for eternity. <laughs> That's what I thought when I was a kid. So, The ultimate reason that we can experience celebratory rest today and in the future is because we are invited into God's rest, um, his enjoyment, his celebration. So I'm getting this language of invita- invitation or inviting at verse 9 out there. Um, it says, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So as I said, the Lamb is Jesus. And he's giving out invites to this eternal rest, to this eternal celebration. But then in verse 7, it also talks about Jesus as the groom, um, inviting all of his people as his bride into this covenant of marriage, um, completely safe relationship, relationship with him, where his joy is our joy. So there's a couple different ways it talks about this like marriage metaphor, right? So it says um, God's people are the bride, and then they're the guests, just different ways of coming at it. But Jesus is always the bridegroom. He's always the one who laid down his life for us, right? And as the bride of Christ, God's people, we think, think of it like you're part of the reason everyone is there. Like you're being celebrated. You're joining in the celebration because it's about you and it's about Jesus. But then um, as being the guests, you know, we're invited graciously. Like this is not something that we just got to choose. Like we're invited into this um, by God. So God is both like our host and our spouse, the one who's done everything to be near to us. And this celebration is just going to be so full and so complete and so restful because we're going to be free from all those things that makes rest so hard for us today, um, that disrupt our rest. We see this in other passages in Revelation as well. If you flip, if you're looking at your Bible, you flip over to 21 and 22. Um... It just really talks about, like, all of the good that will come in the new heavens and the new earth. We'll have rest from our sin. That's a big one. Hallelujah. (laughs) Right? Um, Rest from death. We'll have rest from anxiety and depression and fear and illness and war, trying to justify ourselves and mental illness and aging and feeling distant from God and broken relationships and meaningless work and on and on and on. Right? All the things that make this life so hard. God's going to make it right. Um, and his invitation is to celebrate that. But how do we get an invite to the celebration, you may be asking? We get new clothes. Uh, look at verse 8. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. Um, clean clothes in scripture usually represent this cleansed heart, right, from sin and from condemnation. So the reason that we can be clean and new, not burdened or weighed down by sin and anxious work for identity is because Jesus has given us his goodness, his righteousness, his clean clothes. This is kind of like a way of understanding justification, which is like the one act um, to get rid of sin that Jesus did on the cross to save sinners. That's the only way into God's party, right, is accepting that newness that Jesus offers. Letting go of all those things that we think are righteousness, but in fact are just dirty rags. And to trust in Jesus as your only hope. So as we finish talking about this invitation, I just want you each to consider, um, you know, have you responded to this invite yet? Um, Is this something that God has been tugging at your heart for a long time now, for weeks, months, maybe even your whole life, that maybe it's time for you to lay down your anxious work, trying to justify yourself before God. And, yeah, just receive this rest that he's offered. Um, And maybe you would say, like, no, I definitely am a believer. Like, I do know Jesus' sacrifices for me, and that's awesome. Um, But have you responded to this invitation to celebrate and to rest and not just to think, like, well, God's taking care of my sin. I'm good there, um, but he's not helping me out here today. Um, he's inviting you into a life of joy right now. So just think about those things as we go into talking about who is the celebration for, um, celebration is shared with God's people. Let's look at verse six. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude. I love this part. It's so exciting. Every time like revelation talks about all the people of God from every nation and tongue and all this, it just gets me so excited. Um, and this, this metaphor of the wedding supper makes it clear that, like, this isn't just a me and God kind of thing, right? God doesn't just save me individually or you individually. He does care about you individually. He cares about everything that makes you you and about you personally. But this is a family party, right? Like, the members of the household of God are the citizens of God's country. We're all, like, saved to that community. Um, And that that transcends, like, denominations, right? That transcends countries, backgrounds. Like, God's people are from everywhere. And so what are some implications of that for you and me as we think about celebration? Um, So we know the future we're invited into with Jesus is a communal celebration. Um, How can we start participating in that today? At BU, I know you guys have told me, like, it's Really easy to feel alone here, um, alone in your work, alone in your rest, alone in your celebration. Even when you're like around a bunch of people, it can still feel lonely. And um, there, there's a better way, you know. With God's people, there's a better way. Um, that's kind of where we get back to this idea of like horizontal rest, like resting communally with people. Um, when Christ, people celebrate, we do it together, and we do it in light of God's work in us and in the world. So. That means that we don't have to be focused on ourselves um, in that. We can, yeah, we don't have to just think about, like, making ourselves look good. Um, but we can, we can celebrate the beauty that we find in others. And we can put them first. Um, because that's the kind of hospitality, that's the kind of love that we get from, from God. And so we can celebrate in a way that's, like, free from comparison. And it's not, not that kind of party where you go to where you're always just, like, uncomfortable and wondering if you're going to say something and make a fool of yourself or anything like that. Like the celebrations that we can have because of Christ like frees us from from that. So I wonder what it would be like if we thought about showing hospitality like God shows hospitality. Um, What if our celebrations were ones that made people who normally don't feel welcome feel welcome. Like who normally kind of feel like outcasts. Like maybe you feel that way. And so we hope that Um, our community here can be one that brings people in and shows that kind of hospitality. Um, So think about ways that you can involve other people in your resting. Um, Not that resting alone is bad, but there's also this great open door to resting with other people. Um, Just like celebrating corporately, kind of like a small taste of this eternal feast. So here's a practical suggestion. I know some of you already do this, but like eat together. Make meals for each other, right? Like invite each other into your dorms or your apartments. Um, that's, that's acting like a host, just like God, right? Um, and let's just keep doing that, right? Let's, let's reflect the hospitality of love and love of God to each other through this easy thing of just eating together and enjoying each other's company. So again, Christians should be celebrating people because we serve a celebrating God. So, another way to think about rest as celebration is um, enjoying. So, celebration enjoyed is my third point. Um, Just praising what is praiseworthy. So, a teacher that I had in RUF talked about rest as enjoying what God enjoys, and that's been helpful for me. Um, Just thinking about like praising and um, praising God for everything that He made and enjoying that as a form of rest. So looking at the passage again, um, look at this like reckless abandon and worship that's here. Like They're just crying out, right? The people who are invited are worshiping. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns, right? God is so glorious, and his, his people can't help but tell him that. Um, he's the whole reason that they can celebrate together. He's the whole reason the battle's won. And so um, worship and just telling God, praising God is just a way that we can celebrate through our rest. And then later in Revelation, it says that the kings of the earth will bring their glory into the new heavens and the new earth. And this tells me that God delights in culture. He delights in personality and creativity and all of the beauty of his creation and of us that we have. Um, If you remember, in Genesis 2, uh, God creates the world right in six days. And the sixth day, he sits back and he says it was... Very good. And then on the seventh day, he rests. And Nathan mentioned this, but on the seventh day, like that that resting is not because he's tired. It's because he's enjoying that beauty and the creation that he's made. And so he invites us into that as well, not just in the future, but like now, right? We can do that. Um, But how? (laughs) Think about enjoying what God enjoys. Um, What is restful for you? How did God make you to kind of like fill up um, and enjoy the world that he's made for you? Because he made you specifically the way that you are, right? And so that means he has, you have specific ways that you can rest. Um, Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you would rather stay inside and read a book or go hike a mountain, um, God has made you to find rest in particular ways. So... For example, sometimes celebratory rest for me looks like um, putting my phone on Do Not Disturb and going out to just like a lake or trees somewhere (laughs) Um, and just kind of walking around and just taking in the beauty of creation and just kind of enjoying that with God. Um, You've probably had moments like that as well. Um, Just kind of like, wow, you made all this? That's crazy. That can be a form of celebration, right? Right. So, what might it look like for you to enjoy what God enjoys? Maybe you need to unplug to do that. Maybe you're alone. Maybe you're with others. Um, Maybe you, you know, just giving God the glory for all the good gifts that He's given us. And friends, this isn't something that, you know, we can just kind of do and be like, check, I'm done. I've celebrated. I've rested. I don't need to do that anymore. Because God created us to need these rhythms of work and rest. Um, you're gonna be just a lot happier (laughs) and healthier and flourish more if you find ways to begin to integrate rest into your daily and your weekly maybe even your monthly or your yearly rhythms. Um, That's something that I also learned from that teacher in RUF. (laughs) Um, Maybe for you, you know, um, something that is restful for you that finds de-stress is like listening to music or going for a walk or getting coffee with a friend taking pictures of the coffee <laughs> for Instagram. Um, and these are the kinds of things that, you know, we can kind of integrate into our daily, our days, um, that just we're stopping from our work for those few minutes, for, the, for that hour, just resetting, right? Um, but then what about weekly rest? You know, God has also given us a pattern for that. And you probably know what I'm going to say, like, right? We have Sabbath, we have Sundays, Um, kind of set aside as as a day of rest from God. And in the Bible, it's not meant to be a burden, right? It's not meant to be this like arbitrary like rule that doesn't have any real meaning behind it. Um, But scripture talks about Sabbath, which that word means rest, um, as a gift from God. And the language throughout the Bible is that that day of rest is meant to be enjoyed and, like, actually celebrate it as a holiday um, for God's people. Like, not just, like, oh, just sit around and do nothing, but, like, actually celebrate and enjoy the day. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about that way of just, like, oh, like, I have a weekly holiday. Every, every week I have a holiday, you know, built in. Um, Exodus 16 tells us that in the wilderness, God, you know, he had people gathering manna six days a week. And they said gather twice. Um, Got the twice as much on the last day because the seventh day is going to be a day of rest, and he he refers to it as like a gift, like he's given you the Sabbath. Um, He knew what they needed; they needed a day to enjoy him, enjoy his creation, to celebrate, and to stop work um, for the good of their physical, mental, and spiritual health. And um, the same is true today, whether you believe it or not. Um, I am not saying this because I have this figured out or I do it super well. Um, or that I even know exactly what doing it looks like. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. Um, but God provides for us to get the rest that we need um, and the celebration that we need in order to thrive. So what would it look like for you to maybe think of like celebrating that day of rest once a week? How might God step into the gap created by you just stopping? Um, And resting, celebrating, that you think, oh, that gap could never be filled, but he might provide for you in that. And how could you accept God's invitation to set that day aside for celebration, or part of the day, you know? Um, It's tough, but part of what rest is, is putting your faith into action that you actually believe God is going to provide for you, even when you aren't working. Um, That's something that as a staff, we talk about a lot. <laughs> we take our days of rest and we're like, God is still working even when we're not. Um, but it's hard, right? It's scary. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how to spend your Sundays, that's not my, that's not what I need to be doing, uh, it's not up to me, but I'd love for each of you to consider like how is your, your rest or your lack of rest um, kind of informing how much you trust God. Um, Just kind of think about the connection between those two things for you. So we've talked about celebration invited, celebration shared with God's people, celebration enjoyed, and then just briefly at the end, um, celebration coming. What does it mean that it's coming? Um, As we think about this final celebration and rest with God and all of his people in heaven, it could be easy to feel like, okay, even if that is true, like it doesn't really do anything for me now but if we believe what God says if we believe that he is telling the truth (laughs) when he says that this is coming um, then it it means that that future reality has bearing on our current reality the present we can derive strength from that and joy Um, we have the wedding invite right we have it on our fridge (laughs) we know it's coming um, we have a guarantee of the joy that God is, has waiting for us. And that means that today has more meaning and more joy because of it. Um, today, you can stop and celebrate. Today, you can stop and rest because we have this future reality. So I was um, reminded of this because my friend Lissy was telling me about her and her fiancé. So they just got engaged a, month, a couple, few months ago. Um, and he is going to be actually sh- he's in the Navy. He's going to be shipping out to Korea soonish, but they don't know when. And he, basically, in order for her to be able to join him in a few months when she's done with school, she needs to be on his, like, orders. And so she needs to be his, his wife, basically. <laughs> and so apparently what a lot of people in the Navy do is they'll get, and probably other branches of the military, <laughs> is they'll get, um, you know, married on paper, like at the courthouse, right? And then put off the wedding celebration until later. And so that's what they've decided to do. And because she's not able to move with him yet, they just decided, you know, we're just going to have the paper and not actually be married until we can have that wedding celebration. Um, So they'll have this official status of being married, right? But the fullness of that is not going to be realized. um, And the celebration is not going to be there yet. But in the meantime, they have the guarantee. They have that this is coming, right? So as God's people, it just kind of reminded me that, like, we're in this go between, in between as well. we have this, this wedding feast, this celebration, um, this rest, fullness coming. But we don't have it right now. Um, but we can live like we're the bride of Christ because it is the true reality of things. Um, just not fully yet. And that means that we get to embrace God's gift of rest today, little by little. And because of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, like, we have something even better than just a marriage certificate, right? We have his presence with us right now. And so um, we have that guarantee of the celebration to come. So as we go into small group discussion, I'd love for you guys to just think about, how can RUF be a place of celebratory rest? Um, How can we embrace that gift of rest? And then think about it for yourself personally. Like, you know, how are you not doing that? How can you do that? Um, How can we rest in Christ together? How can we accept God's invitation to um, a deeper celebration, a deeper enjoyment of God's good gifts, and live together in light of the wedding wedding feast that is coming? Lots to think about. So (laughs) let me pray for us. Jesus, we're um, in awe that you want us at this party, (laughs) that you want us in um, in relationship with you, And I pray that as we consider what it means for us to embrace this gift of celebration, this gift of rest that you've given us, that you would take away any feelings of guilt that we have, that you would just give us um, readiness and excitement to step into where you're leading us. And I pray that you would just be with everyone in their discussions and that you would draw us closer together. In Jesus' name, amen.